If you like compassion, excuses, and heartwarming messages, you have clicked on the wrong link. There's a new sports voice in Toronto. The smooth-talking, roughnecking Mike Roach, where sports life and truth collide. New sports entertainment for the next generation. Something different. No bias and no BS. This is the Mike Roach Podcast. Subscribe to the Mike Roach Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And remember to follow Mike on Instagram at MikeRoach7. What is going on, people? Welcome to another episode of the Mike Roach Podcast. A beautiful thing. Glad to be back on this microphone. I feel the energy. I feel the love from the people. As soon as I step on this thing, I love to see it for myself. Folks, there are some good, very good things happening in and around the NBA, especially, especially this in-season NBA tournament. I'm not sure if everybody listening got to see that final game against the LA Lakers and the Indiana Pacers. Lakers winning 123 to 109 over the Indiana Pacers. But it was uh it was a fantastic tournament. I love that they implemented this into the season and you can clearly tell that this is just going to get better and better and better as time goes along. Took kind of long for that for that bomb to drop in there. Let's try that again. Yeah, let's drop a bomb for the in-season NBA tournament. And I think this did even better than people for the NBA thought it was going to be. I really, really do. Especially when you look at some of the numbers and see that viewership around the NBA went up 25% compared to what it was last season at this time. So that is a beautiful thing we will discuss. I said we will discuss. There are also some other things that we need to talk about as well in regards to that tournament includes how do you make it better? What other type of incentives can you throw in there, right? To make it more enticing for not only the viewers and the consumers watching the game, but also for the people that are involved, the players, the coaches, everything in that regard, right? How do you make it more enticing for them? The money is fantastic. Half a million dollars is a lot of cheese. But what else can you do that would make them want to win even more? What can you do? I may have an idea. I may have an idea. We'll touch on that. I said we'll touch on that in a little bit. But you're not a, you you know I have to go as well to the hometown Toronto Raptors team. Okay? Things folks, I mean, not looking good right now. I'll tell you that much. With some of the L's that the Raptors are taking, they're 9-13 and 13 right now. You've played over 20 games this season. 22 to be exact. And it's around these games from 20, 25, 30. For the most part, you pretty much know where you stand amongst the rest of the Eastern Conference. Now, teams can make a push forward and they can fall back. But for the most part, on average, you kind of know where you stand and where this is headed. Let's just be real about this. And at some point, if we don't think the Raptors are going to be making a trade anytime soon, and by anytime soon, 
I'm talking about at least by the trade deadline, which is still, what, three months away? At some point, you're probably going to have to look at a lineup change. At a lineup change, I mean, you got to do something. You got to do something. So I'll give you my opinion on something the Raptors should maybe consider with a lineup change for their starting unit. We'll discuss. We'll discuss. I'll be back to that. But first, first, let's start off with the NBA in-season tournament. That's where I want to begin because this was a thing of beauty to me. And honestly, this is a very good final to have. Young studs like these guys on the Pacers, more notably Tyrese Halliburton, going up against A.D. LeBron and the Lakers. Now, for the most part, I'm sure an overwhelming amount of people put their money on the Lakers to win this thing over the Indiana Pacers. But I know because of the brilliance of Halliburton, there are some people out there who did lose some money (laughs) on Saturday night. Fair. Absolutely fair. Probably easy money if you bet on the Lakers, but fair. I get it. But overall, I think the league was getting what they asked for. They wanted people to be more engaged with basketball early in the season because, let's face it, a lot of the time, if if this was a regular season game on a Saturday night and the Lakers are playing Indiana, maybe you would get a third of the viewership. Maybe a third. But a lot of people tuned in to see this. They wanted to see who was going to be the first team to win this thing. LeBron and AD, they weren't playing around. I'll tell you that much. Anthony Davis played 41 minutes in this game. He shot 16-24 from the field, 9-13 from the free throw line. He had 20 rebounds, 20 rebounds, 5 assists, and 41 points. 40, he, it was vintage AD, 41-20-5 and, and 4 blocks, plus 13 in this one. LeBron shot 10 of 21 from the field in 35 minutes. He was a plus 19. He had 24 points in this one. 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. And Austin Reeves, 10 of 12 from the free throw line, 9 of 15 from the field. He had either 22 or 24 in the first half. Career high for him in the first half. He ended up with 28 points. They scored 30 points off the bench in this game for the Lakers. And Austin Reeves had 28. 28 out of the 30. D'Angelo Russell had 13 points in this one. 6 of 15 from the field. Cam Reddish, 9 points. He had the highest plus minus of any player on the court for his team. He was a plus 24. And I'm loving the way that he plays defense. He's all over it. He gets after it. And I love to see that in Cam Reddish because we know he's capable. He has the talent. He could do things on both ends. He's going to become consistent, I believe, on the offensive end at some point. He can shoot the ball. Was one of three, four, seven overall from the field. One of three from downtown. But he's a really nice addition to the team. And he's going to be getting some of that confidence because LeBron has spoken about him time and time again. And he's confident in Cam Reddish. He believes in him. 
And I think as the season goes on, you're going to see Cam Reddish start doing better and better and better. Because when a guy like LeBron believes in you, trust me, it's going to make you believe in yourself. It'll make you believe in yourself. And we're already seeing the dividend payments from one Cam Reddish. Love to see it. Torian Prince as well. Good on the defensive end. Six points in this one. Two or three from the field. One or two from downtown. But it's Prince, guys like Cam Reddish, that make it difficult for a guy like Tyrese Halliburton when he's running over the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll get to them a little bit later on in the show. But when he's running over teams like the Milwaukee Bucks, it's not going to be as easy to do against a better defense and good perimeter defenders like some of these guys that the Lakers have on their wings. Now, when you're looking at some of the numbers, Tyrese Halliburton, 20 points in this one, 11 assists, okay? 8 of 14 from the field, 2 of 8 from three-point range. But I really like what Tyrese Halliburton has done. An absolute stud, all-star, guaranteed this season. Okay, he might he's probably going to be on an all NBA team. That's how good this guy is performing. And you know, Woj came out and says that Halliburton is actually showcasing right now because he wants to bring other guys from around the league to come play with him. And what he is putting on display for the rest of the NBA to see, you can't be mad at him. I mean, clearly, clearly the way he's playing, it just might work. Now, obviously, Indiana is a small market team, but if teams are out there looking to make trades, you never know. There could be players at some point that might request to be traded to play alongside him. I mean, reports were already out there that they're probably going to be looking at guys like Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi. Now, maybe you can snag one of those guys if you're the Indiana Pacers, but what are you going to be willing to give up to get them or one of them? This is Masai Ujiri you're talking about. You know he ain't giving up anyone for a bag of chips. So teams, you better be coming hard with the offers because it ain't going to be easy going up to deal or getting any type of negotiation with Masai Ujiri. We all know that. I said we all Know that. But sticking with these in-season NBA tournament. So what we saw was a good product. It was good from the courts were fantastic. Uh, The level of drama in regards to scores being ran up did cause some issues with some players. But the intensity was there. The competitiveness was there. It was heightened. And it was noticeable, so people did notice that. So all of that was fine and dandy. It was absolutely fantastic. But how do you improve this thing now? What do you do to create more of an incentive for the player and the coaches, right? For them to really, really go all in and want to win this thing. Not any nonchalantness. Like you're trying to get in there and beat teams down Now, what I think is that at the end of this season, if you win this tournament, aside from money, whether it be the half a million dollars each, maybe an extra 
25000 on top of that for every player to donate to a charity of their choice, which is a nice little incentive as well. But on top of that, there should be, I don't know how many games, maybe three, maybe five, but three or five more wins added to the total of wins by whoever wins a tournament. So if the Pacers are in it next year and they end the season with 45 wins, but they win the in-season tournament, now they get five wins added onto their total. Now they have 50 wins. So if they're in a position where they are in fourth place, for example, or in fifth place in the Eastern Conference with 45 wins, and they finished three games back of the team that was fourth, but now you add five wins onto their win total. Now they take a jump into fourth. The other team goes to fifth, and now they have an advantage because they have home court advantage or something like that. Like the idea is not perfect, clearly, but something like that that gives them a little bit of an advantage, maybe seeding-wise or something like that going into the playoffs. If you understand, get my drift here. So that's probably not a perfect example, but something along those lines, right? You want there to be an incentive for for winning and some type of advantage in that postseason playoff first round. Somehow, some way. Okay, so I think they should look into that and then make some tweaks going there. Now, folks, that was a lot. That was a lot. We're almost 15 minutes in, if not 15 minutes in. And yes, I'm still talking about the in-season tournament. But now we're going to take a little bit of a twist and a turn. Okay? I'm going to talk about the Raptors for just a little bit. And then, should I go to the Raptors now? Because there are still a few things I want to talk about. You know what? I'll go to the Raptors in a second. I know... A whole bunch of people in Toronto, of course, they want to hear about the Raptors. But let me just finish up what I have to say so I don't have to circle back. Because there were some other things that we learned. And I'll do this quickly because, yes, time is going and I don't like to be doing long-ass podcasts. Okay? Um, Now, the Lakers as well. This does give them major confidence going into the rest of the season now. It really, really does. Okay? Now, you get that taste You get that taste of what winning is, and you don't want to relinquish it, okay? For all these guys on the team, aside from Anthony Davis, a LeBron James, okay? The Torian Princes of the world, the Reddishes, the Russells, Hachimuras, Vanderbilts, those guys, the Austin Reeves, those guys need that taste. Give them that confidence to see what an NBA championship could be like if they were to win. Now, obviously, you can't compare the two clearly but you want to have that feeling again at the end of the season for winning that ultimate prize so something like this does rally your team and it gives them confidence it gives them confidence so that's a good thing another thing that we learned is zion williamson and the pelicans they did not show up they did not show up 44 point beatdown unacceptable unacceptable And Stephen A. Smith said it, and I think a few people might have been upset with it, but I'm going to say it too. Zion Williamson looks fat. Come on now, dog. Come on, man. 
And I'm sorry, but it needs to be said. It needs to be said. We're not body shaming anyone here. And when we mean fat, or when I mean fat, I can't speak for anybody else. For the position that he is in as an athlete, Zion Williamson has to be able to move on a dime, laterally, get up and down the court over and over and over again. He has to jump over and over and over again, especially with the type of player that he is. He has to keep his weight under control. He mentioned after the game how many times, how many times did he mention the word aggressive? He was not aggressive enough. Is it because he couldn't move? Could that be it? Zion, you're not an ordinary dude on the street, bro. You're one of the best athletes we have in the league. You got to take better care of yourself. That's clear. And this is why I could tell people in that organization are getting ticked off. Because look at the stage that you were on. You were in Vegas. Everybody was watching. And you wet the bed. And wet it badly. Badly. You flooded the room. Okay? Come on, man. Come on. Pick it up. Get it together. But winter is coming. Winter is coming, man. Come on. Come on. The Milwaukee Bucks. Pause to cause. Cause to pause. I said that wrong, didn't I? Cause to pause. I mean, they're 15 and 7. I believe they're tied for second place in the Eastern Conference. I will check that and confirm it with you in a second right now. Yep. 15 and 7 tied with the Orlando Magic. Wow. Tied with the Orlando Magic, 15 and 7, but still they don't look as good as last season. Now, don't get me wrong, there's no reason to panic here. I mean, they're a couple games behind the Boston Celtics. They're clearly going to finish upper echelon in the Eastern Conference. But they don't look as good as last season without Drew Holiday. They just don't. And Bobby Portis, there was a report from Chris Haynes that Bobby Portis was challenging the players, was challenging Coach Griffin to structure the offense more down the stretch, was challenging his players on his team to step the hell up. Wow. I mean... Wow. We'll see how this plays out. We'll see how this plays out. And like I said, there's no reason to panic here for the city of Milwaukee. But clearly, clearly the real basketball heads know that they do not look as good as they did last season, especially from a defensive standpoint. The Bucks last season were fourth in defensive rating, and they're currently 22nd. Probably not going to cut it if you want to get back to the NBA Finals. Probably not going to cut it. Because you got absolutely torched by Halliburton. Absolutely torched by Halliburton. I mean, 15 assists. How many points did he have? Let me get back. Let me just... Let's look at it for a second. We're going to talk about Halliburton and how much of a stud he is. I've mentioned that over and over and over again. But if it's one thing that we know now, it is that he, he is not to be played with. 
Do not play with that man. Because, boy, I'm telling you, that dude can just flat out ball. Let me just tell you the numbers for Halliburton. For anybody in that game, the dude had 27 points, 15 rebounds. Sorry, 15 assists and 7 rebounds. Okay, so we know he is just a flat out, flat out stud. Now, damn, this podcast is really going. Let's talk about the Raptors quickly here. Let's talk about the Raptors quickly here because, boy. The Raptors end up taking an L to the lowly, lowly Charlotte Hornets, who are 7-13. and You heard me correctly. The Charlotte Hornets are 7-13, and pretty much two games back of the Toronto Raptors at this point. I mean, Charlotte is 10, 11, 12, 13th. 13th in the Eastern Conference. Raptors currently sitting at 9-13. and They are 11th in the Eastern Conference. This is not going well right now. This is bad. This is very, very bad. Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, mother. Say what one more goddamn time. I said it's going bad, okay, Samuel L. Jackson? I said it. So, the Raptors, what do they do from here? What do they do? I mean, clearly they don't want to trade anyone. They don't want to trade anyone. And, you know, I was talking to my little brother the other day, and he brought up a great point. We we're talking about the Raptors. Shout out to my brother, JR. And he said something, and I want to repeat it. He said, the Raptors know what they have to do. They just don't want to do it. He said, the Raptors know what they have to do. They just don't want to do it. Ain't it the truth? Ain't it the truth? At least that's what I think after hearing that. It made perfect sense. Now, we don't know what they have up their sleeve. Messiah Ujiri and Bobby Webster, they're smart dudes. Despite what everybody out here is trying to say, oh, they don't know what they're doing, they clearly know what they're doing. Trust me, they're very good at this, okay? They're very good at this. They're clever. We don't know what they're doing. But... I'm sure they do. I mean, I I just don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. We're going to have to wait and see what kind of moves are made. Okay, but up until that happens, how about a lineup change possibly? Now, what we're seeing is we can wait and wait and wait to see if things turn around. But damn it, how long are we going to wait? How long are we going to wait? I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Let me tell you. you (laughs) We don't care. But we should care. We should care because time is ticking. And Dennis Schroeder mentioned the other day that, you know, in these next 18, 19 games, we're really going to see where the Raptors stand. It ain't no damn 18, 19 games. Maybe eight or nine. Maybe eight or nine, but clearly we could already see that there is a problem. So here's what I'm proposing. Oh boy, I'm going to get it for this one. Whew. I am proposing that the Raptors look at bringing Schroeder and Pirtle off the bench. Starting Chris Boucher and Gary Trent Jr. and play five out. 
play five out to start the game, space it out. Everybody has their lanes to make plays. Well, the big dogs do. OG, Barnes, Siakam. The help comes, you got shooters. Bring Pirtle, Schroeder off the bench with a Chua, Otto Porter, if he's okay. I, I, I didn't get an update on Otto Porter, by the way, on uh, that injury and if he's going to be out for any extended time or whatnot. With Malachi Flynn and McDaniels and whoever else you got off the bench and see what can happen. Listen, it's not perfect. I know. I know. I get it. But at this point, I mean, damn it, you got to try something. I mean, you got to try something. Enough is enough. I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Enough is enough. We got to try something here. We got to try something. People are getting ticked off out here, okay? I'm not the motherfucking thinker I am. You understand me? Yeah. Don't play with me, boy. Ain't no cameras out this motherfucker. We ain't in the hotel no more. Something's got to be done. I don't want to see friction going into the All-Star weekend when there's a little bit of break in the trade deadline and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to see that. Let me read you a few numbers before I get up out of here. These are some numbers from the Raptors. I'm going to mention some numbers from the Hornets too. I'll be quick. I won't go into too much statty stat stuff right now, but Pascal Siakam, 11 of 15 from the field. Three of four from the free throw line. He had five rebounds, four assists, and a steal. He had 25 points in this one. He played well. 36 minutes from OG Ananobi. Three of 12 from the field. O of six from three. He had three rebounds, four assists, one steal, and 11 points. Scotty Barnes played really nicely in this one. 36 minutes in this one. 12 of 18 from the field. Three of six from three-point range. Just 50% from the free throw line, 4 of 8. But he had 10 rebounds, 10 assists. He had two steals, one block. He had a triple-double in this one, 31 points. 4 of 4 for Jakob Perto from the field. He had 8 points. Dennis Schroeder, 3 of 10 from the field, 0 of 4 from three-point range. He had 7 points in this one. Chris Boucher and uh, Precious Achua played pretty well off the bench. 7 to 10 from the field for Precious Chua, one of his better games for the season, 17 points. 9 points for Chris Boucher, 4 and 9 from the field. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. in 20 minutes, 0 of 7 from the field, 0 of 3 from three point range in this one. That is not good at all. And when you look at some of these team stats, I mean, you're not going to shoot 6 of 32 from three point range, 18.8% for the game and think that you're going to have a chance to win. Maybe you do, but maybe you don't at the same time. Most likely you don't, okay? And the Raptors came back from a pretty large deficit in this game, close to 20 points, if not 20 points. Does it show the biggest lead here? Yeah, the biggest lead for Charlotte was 20 points in this game. And the Raptors came back and took a five-point lead. And then ended up ultimately losing 119-116 in this game. They outscored Charlotte by 10 points in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, overall, the Raptors, they out-rebounded Charlotte. Uh, Free throws were only two more for Charlotte. So those were were pretty even. But the the Charlotte Hornets shot 13-25 from three-point range. The Raptors even attempted more field goals than Charlotte in this game as well. Fast break points, the Raptors won. 
24 more points in the paint than Charlotte. I mean, damn. Damn. Lord have mercy. 74 to 50 points in the paint, and you still ended up losing this game? Boy, some of these numbers, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, but anyway, the Raptors got to do something. I don't know what it's going to be, but they have to do something, and I think that a lineup change is imminent at some point, and that is what we will see. So some takeaways that I'm going to tell you about. December 15th is approaching, and with that being said, most of the players on your roster will be able to be expandable and dealt at this point. Uh, the middle of January is when pretty much everybody is good to go. If you're going to be in some kind of deal or trade, uh, like I mentioned, the Raptors need to do something because things just cannot stay the same. The NBA in-season tournament was a big success. We're going to be hearing a lot about it over these next coming weeks. I'm, I'm sure some possible tweaks and things that they can do to improve it for the season ahead. So folks, busy podcast. It's your boy, Mike Roach. I'm always glad to be back on the microphone. I will be back again soon. The Raptors next game is Monday night in Madison Square Garden against the New York Knicks. And uh, I mean, boy, we're going to have to see how things go. We're going to see how things go because things, like I mentioned, something's got to happen. So let's see what Coach Darko Ryakovic is going to do at microach 7 on IG at microach 23 on Twitter. Make sure you follow, like, subscribe, share, rate everything the microach podcast. And once again, thank you for all the love and support for this show. It is much appreciated. Trust me, I do not take it for granted. I'm on Apple Podcasts, I'm on Spotify, I am on Google, and I will be back again soon. It's your boy Mike Roach. I'm out. You've been listening to the Mike Roach Podcast, where storytelling, sports, and keeping it real are the only ways to live by. We hope you've gotten some valuable and practical information from the show. Link up with us on Instagram at Mike Roach 7, where you can view images of the content on this program. We're on Facebook, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a wonderful day, and thank you for listening. Until next week. 